You're listening to a BGE podcast. Friends and family gather round and fire up the barbecue. Let the smoke waft and float, that's what we're gonna do. You can't deny there's nothing like friends and family and food. Don't sit still, pull out your grill, we're gonna have a barbecue. The garden is putting on. We're getting lots of stuff coming out of the garden, like tomatoes, cabbage, some cucumbers, even some corn. And I got a special guest today as well. Don't worry what you gotta do. Cause if you're looking, you ain't cooking. Fire up the barbecue. Fire up the barbecue. Welcome back to the Blind Grilling Experience. My name is Chris Peltz. I am the most interesting griller in the world. And today we have the Mrs. Blind Grilling joining us today. Michelle, how you doing? I'm doing okay. How are you? Yeah, doing great. It's good to have you back on with us. It's been a while. Yes, it has been. <laughs> it's been a long time, in fact. I but thinking that's you didn't want me back in here again. Oh, no, of course not. <laughs> But I do think it was season two. I don't think you've been on this season. I don't know. I just do everything behind the scenes. So Yeah, that's right, which is a lot. You got the website up and going, which is awesome. Thank yeah. you very much. That, that was quite a few tears. <laughs> but you do so well through the tears. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, you do awesome. But. So you and I just had a little bit of a trip down to Branson, Missouri, and we did a little bit of trout fishing. We did. It was a very nice, relaxing couple of days. Yes, it was. Yeah, it was It was a good getaway, uh, nice time, and we caught some fish. We did. Though You outfished me this time, so we're going to have to go back and have a rematch. Because, <laughs> well, first of all, that doesn't happen. Uh, ever so i'm just like uh i'm grinning ear to ear on this one because i I've, i don't know that i've ever outfished you so um and and then that was monday tuesday i just kept up that was <laughs> that was all i could do is just just try to keep up but um but we we actually got a guide on monday on lake taney como down in branson mm -hmm. uh the excel fishing charters and the website is excel led fishingcharters.com and we'll let's try to remember put a link to that in the description of the show is that the me part of we yes do that? absolutely okay. yeah absolutely <laughs> but uh but blake is the uh owner operator of excel fishing charters down in branson and off of lake tinny como and he does an amazing job he's really good and he has uh, a few blind or visually impaired clients that he takes fishing every year. I've been there twice. I've been out with him twice now, once with my brother-in-law, once with you, Michelle. And we fished differently both times. It's interesting you know, when uh, me and Richard had gone. I'm sorry. When Richard and I had gone. It's uh, like you could hear me cringe over here going, <laughs> oh, grammar. Oh, man. Um we were using bobbers, and so he was having to tell me, you know, like, you know, get you first of all, make sure my line was tight, which that I could do that, but you know, I, I did all the casting, that was no big deal. But then he had to watch the bobber for me, 
And he did. It was it was great. I mean, I, I outfished Richard, which I know that's normal, but uh, even even with help, um, I was able to do that. But this time we did a little different. We weren't using bobbers. We were just using jigs. So what what did you think? Because you've you fished with jigs before, uh, white bass and crappie and things, but it was a little different for you? It was a little different um, just because you had just the way you had to keep throwing your line out there and then the specific way that he wanted you to reel it back in. Yeah. Yeah, because we, we were you would jerk mm-hmm. and then you know reel about two or three times to pick up the slack, jerk again, uh, just a little pop with the wrist and then and reel it you know, to catch up the slack and then keep popping it. And, uh, but we both did, I mean, you, you say I outfished you, but I mean, you did good. I mean, it's not like you didn't catch your limit. Yeah. So, yeah. <laughs> so. I was going to say, it almost reminded me of the videos that we did with you in Costa Rica with Sarah. Oh yeah. How you guys would reel down and then bring it back up and then reel back down again. Yeah. Yeah. But that was when the fish was on. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. 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 So, but this time trying to catch, we were just working that jig a certain way. Uh, and we were using dolph. Well, I know them as dolph flies. I, I, I think guys, you know, hair, uh, uh, hair tails or something. There's something else people call them, but they're, they're just jigs. I'm used to using them for crappie and things where we would just kind of just drop them off the side of the boat down over a crappie bed um, and, and fish with them that way. But uh, but that's what we were using, and, and yeah, it, it was so much fun because um, there was a few times there was a light bite that, you know, you almost couldn't tell they picked it up. Mm-hmm. But uh, for the most part, you could feel it pretty good. So uh, you enjoyed that, though? You like fishing? I do like fishing. I don't know if trout's my favorite thing to go fishing for, but yeah, just because it is such a light, almost a tap on your, your reel. I like it whenever they, like, Try to bend your rod in half. <laughs> yeah. Because then the fight's on and you got to yeah. work for it. Right. Right. Yeah. And that, that's, uh, uh, yeah. I mean, sometimes they do hit hard and uh, they weren't, they weren't just hammering it, I guess, that much, um, this past week. But, uh, but it was still fun. Like I said, we, we brought home our limit and, uh, hopefully we'll be able to, uh, smoke a whole bunch of trout and, feed some friends and mm-hmm. uh, enjoy. Yeah. I actually really enjoyed just being out on the lake. And then also like it was really foggy and just cool in the morning. And it was really nice. Oh yeah. I, and that, it, I mean, this, this whole couple of weeks, right. I mean, we've been hitting upper nineties, hundred degrees. It's backed off a little bit to the lower nineties but Lake Tenicomo down in Branson, there's three lakes down there, Bull Shoals, Table Rock, and right between them is, is Tenicomo, which is a, a really a trout hatchery and a big old trout lake. But it, it, its temperature stays in the 50s, the water temp, pretty much year-round, right? And so uh, what's awesome is we got up early, and we, we met him down at Lily's Landing uh, on the dock at six, just about 6 o'clock in the morning. And you have to remember what that's early <laughs> for you yeah for yeah. me yes because yeah. it was my day off right that's true that's true but it was cold for me because <laughs> I, I know it i like the heat and ugh, ugh. <laughs> you you like the cold no I do. doubt I do. and, and so but it was beautiful and mm. the crazy thing is we fished until 
I really not that. I mean, what just ten or just after yeah, ten o'clock 10. that morning, and it was it stayed foggy. It stayed cool. Mm-hmm. And I mean, the fog was thick. I mean, you guys were describing it to me. We were here, and I heard boats go by. I just assumed you could see them. No. Yeah. <laughs> Not was... until they were like within five to ten feet of you. Yeah, yeah. It, it was thick. It was it was a crazy fog, no doubt about it. Uh, and it stayed that way. I mean, the the sun wasn't burning it off, and it was. Uh, it, it, but it kept it nice and cool and not until the last 30 minutes that we were out there, did we really even feel any sun, mm-hmm. uh, you know, that fog started to lift. And so it, it was, it was probably the perfect, it, it was the perfect day was- for fishing in the summer. <laughs> I mean, it turned out to just to be absolutely beautiful and the best time, you know, other than maybe, you know, somebody was going at night, mm-hmm. you know, when the sun was down, uh, which, which they do, but, uh, I know we wanted to get some fish to bring home to eat. We weren't necessarily going after trophies, um, but they were still nice, mm-hmm. really nice trout. So, uh, yeah, I don't care anything about mounting fish on my wall. I want fish in the freezer. Oh yeah, yeah, and and they don't even. I mean, anymore, really. They even at that they make replicas, but uh, you know, just with pictures, you know, they have this. Uh, oh, they've got this uh, this wall of fame, I guess, kind of uh, where. If you catch a certain size of fish, you know, they, they, you get your picture and, and they've measured the, the trout, whether it's a brown trout or a rainbow. And he said there's a new hybrid kind of brown trout that they put in the lake as well, which I caught one of those, which mm-hmm. was pretty cool. Uh, but they, you know, a certain, over a certain size, you know, you get your photo with the fish up on, uh, uh, up on the wall of fame. And, they actually uh, this this after that night that evening uh, Monday night we were there in the morning Monday night I know he was taking some people out fishing. What's really cool is they can they know when they've caught the same fish, especially the monsters, because apparently Excel uh, Blake had taken some people out about a month ago and caught a twenty seven and a half inch brown, which is a, a monster, and Monday night. Somebody else with a, a different outfitter caught the very same trout, right? I mean, they they compared the pictures and the different markings or whatever, and uh, and somebody else, you know, because they are so good about the catch and release with those monsters that, you know, to preserve them for other fishermen, and uh, and that that was evidence uh, this you know this past week because somebody else caught the exact same fish and and reeled in a monster. Um, it just goes to show not only. Th- that they're out there, but how well these outfitters do at taking care of the catch when they know they're going to be releasing them, you know, to live and fight another day, which is really cool. Mm-hmm. And I think that's true with outfitters across whatever species that they're, you know, we working with, whether it's, you know, up in Craig, Colorado, when we talked about the antelope and the elk that we went, you know, that you I didn't go hunting out there um, <laughs> that you hunted out there is, you know, they, they do whatever needs to be done to take care of the land here. They would take care of, you know, the waterways to make sure that it's safe for everybody um, just to make sure that those animals and those species of animals are going to be there for many years to come for other people to enjoy. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And I mean, you know, you think about it, if they didn't, they're ruining their own livelihood. Right. Right. I mean, you get all these nuts out here that are, anti-hunting and and anti-fishing and and i mean these these are are these outfitters are taking care of 
the land, the water, the animals, because, I mean, that's how they're making a living. So they need to preserve. They need to, cons- you know, be cons- conservationists in that sense. Uh, and, uh, you know, not only do things by the book, but do things for the best interest of the animals themselves uh, and their habitat. So, yeah. But not even just for them and their own livelihood, but because they know for future generations, they want to preserve that land. They want to pass yeah. it down to their family, their grandchildren, their great-grandchildren. They really, truly, they're looking beyond themselves. Yeah, 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 absolutely. That is right. That is right. All right. Well, another thing that we've got going on that we're going to be talking about is the garden yes. has been putting on. Yes. <laughs> Mama and Daddy's garden. Oh, oh, man. It has been putting on, and it has been giving us a show, and we're going to be talking about that. KickAshBasket.com. For all your grilling accessory needs, go to KickAshBasket.com and check out their heat-resistant gloves. Check out their charcoal basket management systems to improve your airflow and your ability to manage your temperature of your pit, as well as the KickAsh can for easy cleanup. Shake that ash and light that fire. Make sure and go to kickashbasket.com and tell them Blind Grillin' sent you. Hey, I'm Rob Minot. And I'm Ryan Fleury. And we host the AT Banter Podcast, the podcast where we banter about all things disability related. And we have a cowbell. And you're listening to the Blind Grilling Experience. All right, Shell, let's talk about the garden because you've been busy canning already. I want to get to the corn aspect because uh, hopefully we're going to get Bruce Brooks back on here. You know, we started talking about gardening and canning and, and uh, it, you know, life gets busy for, for both of us uh, and, you know, for Bruce as well. But uh, you started doing the, the canning of green beans a few weeks ago, started mm-hmm. getting a bunch of those. And I mean, you put up, uh, you, and that's, we're talking just us because we're not the only ones getting green beans from, uh, you know, from your your parents' garden. I mean, they're they're canning, they're giving them to folks at church. They brought them to some folks uh, here at, at uh, the church with us. You've put up yourself uh, how many quarts? Twenty one. Twenty one quarts, and you, do you still have some to put up? No. No. Okay. All right. No, so I you, think they're going to let the rest of it go and then grab the shell them at the end of the season. Gotcha. All right, so so we've got 21 quarts of green beans that we've been able to put up. And the cabbage, folks, <laughs> you, you ever seen somebody that has like an unproportionate head to their body, meaning like their head is huge and they got a little bitty body? I mean, if, if this cabbage would be their head. <laughs> this cabbage is massive. I mean... I, it's not circular. It's not a sphere. It's oval shaped yeah it's just so big i mean bigger than a basketball and a rugby ball and i, I don't want to say football because football is much smaller than rugby mm-hmm. ball i mean it's, it's huge this it is absolutely huge and I, I, we've done half of one i think we cooked up not even half well, not even half not even half yeah and it made two dinners for us yeah <laughs> it's just so huge and, and we have another two headed. Yeah, we've got two more. Head. That's right. And and he he brought some to some other folks. I mean, they they're giving this stuff away, man. It's just uh, your dad loves doing this, though. Yes, and he has been working on this for uh, goodness thirty some years, I guess. 
at least, if not more than that. Yeah, I would say closer to forty, probably. Yeah. But, uh, and and but he's had he's yeah yeah he's, <laughs> and of course Missouri is known for their clay in their soil, and so it has been a total labor of love for him. He has tilled that ground and gotten up all the clay out of that one big huge plot of of earth he has out there and brought in topsoil. I think what he's got the silt off the gasconade um, and put that in there and then has some raised beds. So it has totally been a labor of love. But this is his thing. This is is what he loves to do. Yeah, yeah, this is what he's addicted to. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, he's tried some other things. Let's not mention the other things. (laughs) (laughs) And he waited till he was 60. (laughs) Yeah. Oh my goodness, hand gliding. I know it. I know it. I'm like, anytime he has to be strapped up to an airplane and tugged behind the airplane to get him up in the air, I was like, oh my goodness, my parents are going crazy. (laughs) That's right, because your mom did it once too. You did the tandem deal with with a trainer. And if he wasn't deaf whenever he started going up in the airplane, (laughs) I'm sure by the time he landed, he had some hearing damage. Yeah. Yeah. So, and they, I mean, they've, they've been whitewater rafting, they've mm-hmm. been snowmobiling, they've yep. all kind of just out West a bunch in the, the parks and camping and, and they, I mean, they love it. It's awesome. But mm-hmm. even at all that, he, yeah, you're right. His passion is his garden, his, his garden, his raised beds, his greenhouse, mm-hmm. his, he did aquaphonics for a while. Yeah. I mean, he's into this and I'll tell you what, we, oh, we've got tomatoes. I, these are the absolute best tasting tomatoes mm-hmm. that they're just so unbelievable and how good they are. I mean, mm-hmm. I just eat, you know, I just, I just eat tomato, just slice it mm-hmm. and, and eat it. Well, that's what they do too. They have tomato Absolutely. sandwiches. Yeah. Yeah. Tomato sandwich. Yeah. And, and of course I'm, I, you know, I'm doing the keto, so I'm skipping the bread, but I, I'm skipping everything. I mean, I'm, mm-hmm. I, I sprink, what do you, I had you sprinkle something on it um, a couple nights ago. The smoky chipotle. Oh yeah, this little bit of smoky chipotle seasoning from from uh, Cattleman's, Cattleman's mm-hmm. and that you know that was good, but it didn't need it. Man, mm-hmm. it was it was so good. Tomatoes are awesome. I wonder if you put that trough salt or that finishing oh, yeah. dust. Yeah, anything would just dust. yeah just take it to the next level probably. Mm-hmm. But again, they they just don't need it. I mean. They're just amazing. They're just so full of flavor. Anytime you do homegrown tomatoes, they're so much more full of flavor than mm-hmm. what you get at the store. No doubt, no doubt about it. So, which is great. Uh, but let's see what um, we'll, we'll talk about the corn in just a minute. What else is, have we gotten? Some cucumbers, onions, onions. Oh yeah, the onions. onions. Yeah, you talk potent. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh man, those onions are potent. <laughs> I remember because when he brought them in. I mean, just the kitchen, the dining room, the living room. Mm-hmm. It was like, oh, wow, those onions are powerful. Yeah. Just, oh, man. But, yeah, again, full of flavor and just so good. Um, you just can't beat fresh vegetables. Mm-hmm. I, yeah, yeah. Now, we freeze onions. Mm-hmm. We do. Right? And so what? what's kind of the process? I'm putting you on the spot because I know uh, of all the things I, we talked about, like, hey, what are we going to talk about? Uh I'd never mentioned the onions. I forgot about the onions, yeah. but I know that, you know, we get so many of them that, uh, that you freeze them. So you, you, you get them cut up, you get them diced or, you know, how, you know, however I'll big in, you want to put I'll them. I'll do them in slices. 
and then um, try to get out as much of the water content as I can. And then um, we will get the vacuum seal bags. I'll actually still put them in. I'll sandwich them between more uh, paper towels in there and then vacuum seal them that way. Yeah. And then freeze them. Mm -hmm. But you don't have to freeze them. You can, um, (laughs) my old mama, how she used to do it is, you know, she would take the bulb and not wash it or anything and put it in a pair of old pantyhose and tie them up and then put the next one in next to the, you know, and and just kind of make a a ring of it. Yeah, a little knot that separates Mm -hmm. each each onion so they're not rotten, getting against each other and rotten. And then letting that airflow still get around them. and Put them in a dark um, place. mm -hmm. Yeah, and then whenever you need one, you go out and you just cut off that little bit underneath the knot so the, the next one up doesn't need to, you know, it's not damaged at all, and you just get whatever you need and then continue on with your life. Yeah, yeah, which is great. So so freezing them, putting them in pantyhose. <laughs> I know it, it sounds funny, but it works. And, you know, and it does. you know, for women who yeah. run their run their pantyhose all the time, there's a way to recycle them. That's right. That's right, because the run is just going to help yep. rather than hurt when it comes <laughs> to the end, as long as there's not big enough for it to fall out. Yeah. Um, uh, and and there's some other th- I mean radish you can do other other things the same way mm-hmm. uh, as well, uh, which which is awesome. I think some people do garlic that yes. way. Um, other that or do they'll just um, tie them with the uh, and you can tie them you know, like uh, with the stems mm-hmm. and just knot them all together and hang them up. Right. Yeah. Which just is cool. Make sure it's cool and dry and dark. Dark. Yep. That's right. Um, but let's let's get to the corn. <laughs> Something else that you love, but you can't eat. Yeah, I know it. I know it. Um, Which has reduced our surplus, just so you know, because mom and daddy are like, well, Chris can't have any, so you don't need as much. And I'm like, I still can eat it. Right, right. I like it. I know it, It's a good thing we feed the college kids on Wednesday nights. Yeah, which is really cool because they they get, which this helps us out, right? I mean, Mm -hmm. this is cutting out our, you know, some of our bill, you know, being able to help with them in, in the garden and, and reap some of the benefits there because uh, we've got, you know, folks from church that we feed every Wednesday. And, and yeah, they, uh, you know, they'll, they get to enjoy some of that as well. And uh, I also want, we want, we did it and we started this out because we knew that our own kids were me growing up and moving out of the house. Mm-hmm. And we wanted somebody to at least think that somebody would be out there to kind of tuck them under their wing whenever they moved to a different location and, and we got to thinking, well, whenever somebody new or, you know, a college kid, especially they're away from home, typically for the very first time from mom and daddy's, you know, toolage and their, you know, upbringings like that. We just wanted to make sure that the parents knew that at least one night of the week, typically two, because we take we do a lot with them on Sundays. Mm-hmm. Um, we wanted to make sure that their parents knew that they were going to get a healthy, nutritious meal. You know, a lot of these vegetables right straight from the garden. And, you know, it's good conversation and, and some good morals around them. Because you don't always get that out in the world. You don't get that at college. You kind of get kind of this mix of, of different thinkings and different ideas. And we wanted the parents of, of those kids to know that they were having some type of grounding in the middle of their week as well. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And and it's been good. I mean, they, it, it helps them to meet and mingle and get to know some of the other young know, folks that are their own age that are, are of, of like precious faith and, uh, and encourage one another. And, and like you said, you know, it, sometimes it's hard, um, you know, you, you miss a home cooked meal and, you know, try to give that to them and, and help them out. 
when we can, which mm-hmm. is awesome. We enjoy doing it and mm-hmm. continue. Uh, now, even though our kids are long gone, um, we continue to do that for the kids that that come into Springfield and uh, you know want are you know are interested and uh, yeah, we're we're happy to do that. And it also is in our tradition, dinner time is tech free. So yeah. cell phones get put away, the TV gets turned off, and people just have conversations. Whether we always agree or we disagree, we are able to have that you know, give and take conversation with somebody across the table. So we're not always looking down on our cell phone. We can have conversations. We can, um, mm-hmm. we can use that. As yeah, a, interact with yes. actual person mm-hmm. rather than a device, mm-hmm. which is great. Right. All right, the corn. Oh, man, I missed that. The, Folks, you got to understand this corn. There, there have been times when these corn cobs are so long they sag in the middle <laughs> because they are so big, long, juicy, heavy, and just, just, just amazing, amazing. You know, corn cobs. Um, but he he brought us our first round um, mm-hmm. uh, a few nights ago. We got you know going to go out and probably help him get some more of that, but brought, uh, you know, still not shucked because that's one thing that we like to do is sometimes we'll cook it in the shuck. There's several ways of preparing it. Uh, we've talked a little bit about that on, on, uh, the podcast and we'll, we can deal with that some more. Well, in fact, right now, let's, let's just talk about, you know, uh, what we're going to do with the fresh corn, right? So mm-hmm. a lot of times we'll take, we'll peel back the husk, get mm-hmm. the silk cleaned off, which, mm-hmm. TheBlindKitchen.com has that silk cleaner. We're going to give that a whirl, mm-hmm. see how that works. Get the silk off of it. And sometimes we'll soak it in water and uh, for, you know, an hour or so. And then we'll take, you know, get the grill nice and hot, um, you know, 300, 350 or so, and put some butter, salt and pepper on it, put that husk back over the corn cob, and throw it out there on the grill and grill it up. Mm-hmm. Uh, some folks will take it off the husk altogether, and they can wrap it in foil and and throw it on the grill that way. But um, we we just let the husk do that, do its work, and throw that on the grill and and cook the corn that way. And that's I miss it. <laughs> it's <laughs> so very good. good. It is very good. Um, so that that's one way. And like we said, you can just wrap it in foil and do the salt, pepper, butter, and you know throw it on a grill that way also. But Typically, a lot of folks, you know, are cooking it inside. They're going to boil it, right? And, and um, you know, once they boiled it, they're going to pull it out, uh, and they're going to, you know, serve it with some butter, salt, and pepper. But when it comes to putting up the excess that you have, there's two ways of doing it. And your mom did this for years. I was almost positive she didn't do it anymore. You and I have a little disagreement on this, I think. But I do know that... Um, uh, w- when we first met, we had corn from both my parents, even some that we grew when we, I think in Kentucky was our first garden, um, and then in Tennessee. And, um, but you were going to, blanch, I think, blanch it is what they call. Yes. Right. So you, uh, you put it in boiling water. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, you go ahead and take the, the husk, the husk off, off, the silk take off. Take the silk off, make sure it's, you know, there's no bad spots in it. And then, yeah, it was a, I was, remember when I was a little girl, it was a hot, miserable day because, <laughs> mm-hmm. you know, you would get your kitchen so hot with having to do pot after pot of boiling water and um, putting the corn in there um, in the boiling water for 
I want to say it's like 10 minutes. It's not very long that you yeah. have to blanch it for. And then you'd take it and put it over in the sink and have to put the ice in the sink because you have to cool it down almost immediately. Yeah, keep it from cooking. Yeah. Yep. Stop stop the cooking process, mm-hmm. put it in ice water. And then from there, um, we made sure it was cleaned once more and let it dry out and then put it in the bags and uh, froze it. And froze it, yep. And that's on the cob. If you did off the cob, that was a whole other process. Yeah. Well, let, let's stick with on the cob because when I met you, I was like, what are you doing? <laughs> You said that so many times whenever we first started together. <laughs> and, you know, it's not the way Mama did it. Yeah, I know. <laughs> I, and, and I, you know, and I didn't want to be that way. But at the same time, I was like, why, "Why are we going through all of this when it's not necessary?" Right? And and so, you know, um, I don't know. You, you either thought I was crazy or you didn't believe me, but you 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 had a great relationship with my mom. Yes, she so was a wonderful lady. You, you talked to her, and she's like, she told you, no, I mean the get it off the, the get the husk off, get the silk mm-hmm. off, get the bad spots off, and you know get it cleaned mm-hmm. and put it in a ziploc or a vacuum sealer, mm-hmm. seal it up and freeze it. There you go. And that was it. Mm-hmm. And. That made our world so much easier. Yes. It made your world so much easier. <laughs> yes. Especially um, with three little ones running around. Yeah, yeah. And you. And <laughs> yeah, three little ones and me. That's it. <laughs> um, and then we told, and I was certain that we told your mom and, and she she started doing it and realized, yeah, it's still just, it's just as good. It, it, mm-hmm. You don't lose anything. You're not losing anything at all by not blanching it um, and just freezing it. And, uh, and then when you, when you go to cook it, you don't even have to thaw it, mm-hmm. right? You just take it out, put it in oh, yeah. the pot of water mm-hmm. and bring it to a boil and then boil it for now you boil it. Cause it was for you boil it for what? 30 minutes, 20, mm-hmm. right? About 20 minutes. Yeah. And it's done. Mm-hmm. It, it's, it's ready to eat. And, uh, and it's good. I mm-hmm. mean, that's, and, and so putting up corn is, is not difficult. Now, you you mentioned taking it off the cob. Yes, that is a whole different ballgame. It is. I don't remember how to do it. Yeah. All I know is it's a whole other different ballgame, and sugar is involved for some reason. Really? Yeah, she puts a little bit of sugar in hers. Huh. Interesting. I know it's not how your mama did it. <laughs> well, she, I don't <laughs> think she ever put it up off the cob. Mm-hmm. Um, I think if if anybody was going to eat it off the cob, it was after it was cooked and before it was served. It would be cut off. off. Yeah. yeah taken off then so um it's interesting yeah mm-hmm. awesome so uh, so folks if you've been out there you got your garden going you're getting ready to pull some things off thinking about getting things canned um you know that uh you know if you're thinking about the corn you got some corn coming on same with uh, the so the onions that uh, you you talked about trying to dr- get them a little bit more dry mm-hmm. putting them on some towels or paper towels to dry out and using that when you vacuum seal them Okra is the same way, right? Not necessarily the drying aspect, but you 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 wash it, you cut it, mm-hmm. and then you put it in a bag. Put it in a bag and put it in the freezer. And put it in the freezer. And in the same with the corn. Mm-hmm. So Now, there are people who will, whenever, especially with their okra, right before they get ready to put it in the uh, bags, they'll either dust it with cornmeal or something like that just to help kind of make keep it separate. Oh, really? Yeah. Okay. Because once you start cutting it, it starts getting that little slimy yeah. thing. And so, um, yeah, there'll be, there'll be people who will dust it with cornmeal and um, 
because typically if you fry it, you're going to put it in some type of cornmeal based right. um, batter anyway. And that's all the only way we eat it mm-hmm. right now. Um, other than your your dad eating it raw. <laughs> <laughs> More well, power to him. Somebody, <laughs> what was the grilled? That's what we need to try. Mm-hmm. Someone told us about grilled okra. They said that if you grill it, it doesn't turn slimy. Yeah, yeah. So as soon as the okra comes on, we're gonna be doing a we're gonna do a grill session of grilled okra and give that a go, and I'll I'll be willing to try it. Okay. Absolutely. Take one for the team. That's right. That's right. <laughs> oh, man, but fried okra is hard to beat. Oh, for sure. my goodness. That's the way to do it. Absolutely. All right. Anything else you want to mention, talk about? Oh, no. I was going to um, make sure people know that whenever I outfish you, <laughs> if, if you if you start, it's kind of like, you know, whenever we go miniature golfing and you start beating me. Yeah, yeah. I stop telling you where the hole is, right? That's right. That's or at right. least where the windmill is. You know, whenever you start out fishing me, I just make you think I'll put the hook on your line. <laughs> There's just a couple of weights sitting there. Yep, yeah, that's yeah, just, it. I'm just casting weights. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and you're like, is anything uh, on there yet? Nope, yeah. babe, it's not there. Uh, oh, but you did tell me about that little tiny fish you caught the second day. Oh man, that thing was so ugly. It okay, yeah. So so trout fishing. There's this. It's a fish that, um, it's about an inch and a half, two inches long, right? And it was funny because and this was really cool. And and uh, I do want to mention this. Kenny, uh, hopefully he's a new listener to the podcast. Actually, ran into him down at Roaring River, uh, while we were fishing down in, in Roaring River, uh, Missouri, the state park. And he's from uh, Oklahoma, and I was wearing a blind grilling T-shirt. And he's, he's like, hey, nice shirt. And, uh, yeah, appreciate it. Thanks. And and he, uh, he, we started talking and found out he has RP. And uh, has, uh, several in his family have RP and have lost a lot of vision. And so we got we got to chatting about that. While I'm talking to him, I get this bite. And I, I was like, whoa, I jerk. And I start. I was like, oh, man, I missed him. So I went ahead and I reeled up my line. And uh, I'm doing the motions with my hands right now. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's and talk you with make my hands. Fun right? of me when I do that. Yeah, right. Well, that's because you usually you're close enough. You hit me with your hands, but that's uh, not on accident. <laughs> so I, I reel in, and I just went to go and check and see if I had to, you know, if I had to fix my bait a little bit. And I went felt down, and there was this little fish, and it's it's called a I think it's called a scud. S-C-U-D or something like that. Sometimes I call them scopes, but I think they're called scuds. And they're this ugly, weird, prehistoric-looking, slimy creature that comes out of the rocks and gets your bait every once in a while. And it's great bait for for trout. But, um, yeah, I caught this little two-inch scud fish whatever it was oh man they are so weird feeling looking and uh nasty creatures nasty and so um so i so you say hey i caught the smallest fish on our trip that takes a lot of talent no what takes (laughs) talent is catching that rock that i caught yeah right (laughs) I mean, anybody can catch a tree limb or a leaf or some moss. I caught a rock. Yeah, and not got hung on a rock. You reeled up a rock that was on the the end of your hook. Mm-hmm. That was great. That was great. Awesome. But yeah, you're you're talented when it comes to that for sure. All right. 
<laughs> yeah, thanks for bringing up my small fish. I appreciate that. Uh, but a big shout out to Kenny. Hope he's listening as well. And uh, uh, definitely uh, enjoyed meeting him and and uh, fishing down there at Roaring River, as well as on Lake Taney Como with Excel Fishing Charters. Again, we'll try to leave a link in the description for them. If you're going to be heading to Branson, definitely check them out. It was awesome. Enjoyed it so much. And uh, that, Michelle, thanks for coming on. I no appreciate problem. it. Mm-hmm. Friends and family gather round and All right, folks. Thanks again for listening let to the Blind Grilling Experience. Be sure and share it out with all your friends. Let them know about the what we've got going on, some of the recipes that we've been posting on our website, blindgrilling.com. And as always, remember, folks, if you're looking, you ain't cooking. Keeps us together when life wants to tear us apart. Barbecue, no matter the weather, under the sun or the stars. Fire is burning, the world keeps turning. Don't worry what you gotta do. Cause if you're looking, you ain't cooking. Fire up the barbecue. Fire up the barbecue.